Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone Baptist Church in Wiley, Texas, and I'm glad you have joined me today. It is January of 2020, and uh, this year on the podcast, uh, we're doing something different than what we've done in years past. In the last couple of years, we've had a little bit of a different direction. So in 2017, we read through the Bible together, and this podcast was designed to give uh, devotional commentary for our members. Uh, that's all still online. If you want to find that and see that, you can go get it. But that's what we did in 2017. 2018, we read a book together, and I provided on this podcast some devotional commentary for our members on that. Uh, last year, we worked our way through the Heidelberg Catechism, and it supplemented what we were doing on the Lord's Day in our liturgy of reading the, the Heidelberg Catechism together. And, and what I did last year, some of you know, most of you know, uh, to provide devotional commentary on the catechism. Now, this year, we're going in a different direction. Really, we're going in three directions. One of the things we're going to be doing this year is I'm going to be interviewing um, leaders within the church, elders, deacons, Sunday school teachers, greeters, other people, uh, worship leaders, and various things, so that we as a body can get to know one another, especially our leaders, a little more deeply. So we're going to be doing some interviews this year. We're also going to be doing some book reviews. Uh, I'm, I'm asked questions about books all the time, which you might remember from last week's podcast about books. Um, but also, uh, I want to share that with the body, books that might be helpful, books that I'm reading, books that are encouraging. And so I'm going to be giving some book reviews, and maybe some others will be giving some book reviews as well throughout the year. But the staple of what we're going to try to do this year is we're going to ref just seek to answer questions that our people have. Uh, so... I'm not going to be doing this alone. The other elders are going to be helping me out with this. And we're just going to be answering questions from the members of Cornerstone Baptist Church. And we'll answer questions as they come in from non-members and, and listeners. We have some of those as well. Um, and, and these questions have only recently begun to trickle in. And I'm, I'm grateful for the ones that we've received. If you haven't had a chance to submit a question, I would encourage you to do so. If you're a member of CBC and you're on our email list, uh, you were emailed uh, a, a while back, a few weeks back, and you should just simply respond to that email with your question if you'd like to do that. Or if you can't find that email, you can submit a question um, to Cody or to Scott or um, just find a church email, send it to me if you'd like. Uh, you can submit a question through the social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want to do. Uh, if you if you want to be anonymous, you can also just write your question out on a piece of paper and place that in the offering plate on any Sunday morning. Uh, and we'll pull that out and we'll work on that. Uh, so far, the questions that we've received have been really good and kind of all over the place. So we've got some that are more theological in nature, people asking questions about our eschatology as elders, which we'll probably get to that. That's a great question. Uh, we've also gotten some questions just of a more practical nature, questions about uh, you know, advice we might give to young people as they make big life decisions. We've even gotten some questions about practical ministry here, about the role of women and, and, and other things. They're great questions. I'm looking forward to uh, us sitting down and answering those questions. I think it's going to be a fun year, and I hope it's helpful to you. Ultimately, that's why we do this, so that it can be beneficial to you as members and listeners to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be answering one of the questions that I get all the time. And it's, it's not an easy question to answer because there's several parts to it. But the question, it comes from visitors, uh, but it also some of our, our members have asked this question over the years to try to get clarity on it. And the question has to do with um, our denominational tradition and, and you know where do we fall on the spectrum? 
what is Cornerstone Baptist Church, right? We are a Baptist church, and we're in, you know, the Dallas Metroplex. So that means most people assume that we are a Southern Baptist church and that we're part of the SBC. But then they come and they visit us and they realize, well, we don't operate like a typical SBC church. And um, so they ask, are you SBC or are you something else? And so I want to talk about our ties to the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, our history with it, and, and what we hope for there. But we're also an unashamed Reformed Baptist church. And while a great number of people know what Reformed means, or at least they think they might, um, they, they seek us out for that. But, but there are a lot of people who are, are still a little unclear. What does it mean that Cornerstone Baptist Church is a Reformed Baptist Church. And so these two ideas, you know, what is our connection to the SBC and what is a Reformed Baptist Church, those are the the questions that I'm trying to answer today in this podcast. And I'm going to try to do so with, you know, some concision. I'm going to do this concisely if possible. So first of all, what about Cornerstone and our ties to the SBC? Well, Cornerstone Baptist Church began in 1995 as a church plant and all of the members uh, of that church plant, that church start, were uh, were Southern Baptists. They came out of Southern Baptist life. Um, they were part of Southern Baptist churches. They were in leadership in Southern Baptist life and Southern Baptist churches. Uh, in fact, those families came together out of a, a, a local church here, a local Southern Baptist church here in Wiley. And, and really, the, one of the things that drove them into that was the fact that they dis- they came to a knowledge of... Um, the doctrines of grace, what we would call Calvinistic thinking when it comes to salvation, and they embraced that theology, and they found that they, there were just some distinctions about that thinking that led to certain practices, and they, they found that they weren't necessarily as aligned with their Southern Baptist Church um, at that time. And so they reached out to the director of missions of the Collin Baptist Association, which is an, uh, an SBC body or entity, and that through you know just discussions and whatnot, decided that the best thing for them to do would be to plant a church. And so over the years, um, we've also been uh, in partnership with other Southern Baptist churches. We've been in partnership with an organization known as Founders, which is a Southern Baptist group of pastors and, and uh, church leaders and even seminary professors within Southern Baptist life. But they also have that Reformed Calvinistic leaning in their understanding of salvation and some other things. Um, and so Cornerstone has, has strong ties to SBC life. Um, but if you come and visit us and you talk to us a little bit, you'll find out that we're, <laughs> we're probably not a good Southern Baptist church. We're not a good representation of an SBC church. And, and I think that's, that's fair. That's accurate. When you go to a Southern Baptist church, there are certain distinctives that you expect. Number one, the doctrinal distinctive. Um, the confession of faith for Southern Baptist right now is the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. And that document was written, um, well, it, it was re, I don't say rewritten, but it was changed. It was altered from 1964 document and it included certain things that were more common to today's world, and, but it also made a strong statement about the Bible being the inerrant and the inspired and the infallible Word of God. And so the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 is a strong document, but the doctrinal distinctives that we have as a Reformed Baptist church uh, are, are a little bit different. So we don't adopt the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. Not that it's a terrible document, uh, but it doesn't articulate our uh, doctrinal understanding in the way that we would like it to. 
And so early on, uh, Cornerstone adopted uh, what was known as the abstract of principles. I'll talk about that a, a little bit more uh, later on. But that document was the foundational document for the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. And it was undeniably Calvinistic in its leanings, right? So we adopted the abstract of principles for years, but in recent years, in the last five years, the elders and other uh, men and women, members of the church, we've come together and we've written our own statement of faith to more accurately reflect our doctrine and practices as a body. Um, And so if you're going to be an SBC church, you're going to generally you're going to adopt the Baptist faith and message 2000. Well, we don't. We have our own statement of faith, and so again, we're not a very good Southern Baptist church when it comes to that. Another thing that Southern Baptists are known for is they're known for their cooperation for the purpose of doing missions. They have what's called the cooperative program where. Uh, churches within the convention all over the country will give money to support the North American Mission Board and the International Mission Board. And, and I'll be honest with you, this, this is the largest um, sending agency on the globe, right? So the, the, the work that SBC, SBC's cooperative program has done for the kingdom of God is just tremendous, and we're thankful for it. But there's also some, I think, some issues that we take with the system as it stands. And one of the problems I saw in it early on was that it, it creates a little bit more separation in space between the congregation and actual missionaries. And the cooperative program can kind of become, uh, you know, missions is just the money we give to support other people going and doing the work of missions. And we really wanted to um, remove that separation between the congregation and the missionary, and we really wanted to make sure that our people understood that, no, we are called to do the work of missions. And so as a church, we send our own people into short-term and long-term uh, missions work and efforts. We support missionaries who are on the field, who are like-minded with us and, and share our not only our theology, but also our goals for kingdom work. And then we partner with organizations who do the same. And so we've just we, we've come up with a different approach. We're more independent in the way we do missions at CBC. And then just practically speaking, if you come into Cornerstone on any given Sunday, our, our worship is going to look different than most Southern Baptist churches. We're far more liturgical, and that goes to our, you know, our Reformation heritage, um, but also our, our approach to leadership and, and our approach to church governance and, and our approach to preaching. A lot of these things are, are, are quite a bit different than what you're going to see in a typical Southern Baptist church. So while we do have a strong um, history of Southern Baptist life, and, and we have a lot of affinity for the work that Southern Baptists have done and are continuing to do, we're not really affected immediately, affected by SBC news and politics. We don't have a really strong or official association with the SBC. We do give a small amount of money each year to support the work that the SBC is trying to do, but we give far more to missions independently. And we have much in common with SBC churches. It's a significant part of our theological and traditional heritage, but our conviction on some major issues have have led us to the place where we find ourselves today. So we pray for the SBC. We want good things for the SBC. We're thankful for them. Uh, I, I was raised in an SBC church. I became a believer and got became a member of an SBC church, uh, strongly influenced by uh, that battle over inerrancy in my early life as a believer. And I went to a Southern Baptist seminary, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. 
So we're thankful for what God has done with the SBC, and we, we pray that God would continue to use that organization for his purposes around the world. So there's a little bit of, a, of an answer to the question about our ties or our connection to the Southern Baptist Convention. But the second question is about uh, what does it mean that Cornerstone is a Reformed Baptist church? Now, I could spend a lot of time talking about history, uh, and I, but I'm not going to do a lot of time, just a little bit of time. Um, when we say that we are Reformed, when you hear that word Reformed, one of the first things that you should think about is the Protestant Reformation. The Protestant Reformation took place in 15, the 1500s, and it was, um, I guess, the, the act that became the point of the spear that pressed the Protestant Reformation forward was Martin Luther, a German monk, um, nailing his 95 Theses to the, the church door at Wittenberg and sparking a debate that would lead to the Protestant Reformation. And, and these Protestants, they were protesting against the doctrine and practices of the Catholic Church, and they were seeking to reform the church from within. And in reality, they didn't necessarily reform the church from within. They, they created a whole new un- denominational heritage, a whole new history. And the main leaders of that Protestant Reformation, you know, Martin Luther in Germany and, and John Calvin in, in uh, Switzerland and, and Ulrich Zwingli as well. And, and from these three men, uh, not just these three men, but from their influence, there were several streams uh, that came out of the Reformation. You have Luther and his Lutheranism. You have Calvin and the Reformed branch, which is where we tie our heritage to. And um, all the way down to English Puritanism and on into Presbyterianism and early Baptist life. And then you have Zwingli, who was a leader in the uh, Anabaptist movement. And then you actually had a fourth branch uh, that was the, the Anglican Communion, which was started by Henry VIII. Some of you know that history there. Um, so historically, we identify with the Protestant reform- uh, reformers, and they were setting out to make positive change in the church by restoring the Word of God and the gospel of God's grace to its rightful and authoritative place, right? So we believe that a healthy church is one where the Word of God is clearly seen and heard uh, throughout its ministry and throughout its life. Uh, The Reformers had a saying, Ecclesia Semper Reformanda, which means that the church is always in need of being reformed by the Word of God And Cornerstone, as a church, is committed to this. We're committed to this principle. We're committed to the work that the Reformers began to do there, to restore the Bible to its rightful place within the life of the church. It's not a secondary document. Our tradition and our history don't matter as much as the day-to-day devotion to the Word of God. And and another thing, that that when you restore the Bible to its appropriate place, you see that those um, sacramental systems that were so common, that were so prominent within Catholic life and still are to this day, they, they overshadowed the, the true gospel of God's grace. Uh, and so we as a church are committed to restoring the word of God to the central place within the church and prominently preaching the gospel of God's free grace all the time, right? So th- those are some of the things that we mean by um, our being reformed from a historical perspective. The heart of the Reformation and the mindset of the Reformers is deeply rooted in us here at Cornerstone. 
But the word reform does not just refer to history, it also refers to theology. And uh, real quickly, again, as the Reformation pushed out, it created these different theological tribes. Uh, those tribes identified themselves, so Luther had a tribe, and he they identified themselves with a Lutheran confession of faith. That's how uh, churches identify themselves, their statements of faith, their confessions, their creeds. Um, the, the Calvinistic influence that came down through English Puritanism and gave rise to Presbyterianism, they codified their theological distinctives in the Westminster Confession of Faith. And then out of that flowed another group of individuals that were Baptist in their leaning, and they codified their system of belief in the 1689 Second London Confession of Faith. And so all of these tribes had a theological confession, and those theological confessions still have influence today. Uh, within early Baptist life, uh, the, the theological framework was established by that second London confession, that 1689 confession. And that confession was overwhelmingly Calvinistic. Uh, and, and this transferred over to Baptist churches in the U.S. In fact, early Baptist life in 1700s in the United States were divided into really two camps. One was the, the smaller of the two camps. They were known as General Baptists. And then the, the larger of the two were known as Particular Baptist, and these Particular Baptists had a Calvinistic view of salvation. Um, and, and so that was early Baptist life. In, in fact, uh, early Southern Baptist life, the first Southern Baptist institution was the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and it adopted uh, the Abstract of Principles, which I referred to earlier, which was an undeniably Calvinistic document, and it was uh, a summary of the Second London Confession of Faith. You know, so, so when we look at Southern Baptist life and we look at our own heritage, we understand that from the Protestant Reformation on into early American Baptist life, there was this strain of Reformed thinking, there was a strain of Calvinistic uh, thinking, and, and that's part of our heritage. Now, it's also important to point out that after the Second Great Awakening, which would have taken place in the 1800s in America, that Calvinistic theology was, in, in large part, it was abandoned or, or it was traded in for something different, a more revivalistic approach, a more Arminian perspective on salvation. It didn't fully die out, but it was not as prominent as it had once been. And then a couple of decades ago, especially within Southern Baptist life, but um, in this country, we saw this resurgence of uh, reformed doctrine. We saw um, a resurgence of reformed theology. And, and that reformed theology was not just a tie to history, it was also a tie to this Calvinistic theology, this Calvinistic thinking, these old confessions and catechisms and creeds that were ultimately the result of second and third generation Protestants. And so when, when I talk about us being a Reformed church, we're, we're certainly looking into the history of the Reformation and identifying with those impulses. But we're also embracing much of the theology that flowed out of that, much of the theology of Calvinistic uh, understanding of salvation, how salvation occurs in the heart of man by the power of God through His Spirit. And we also identify doctrinally with the five solas of the Reformation. So I told you I was going to try to be concise. Let me try to do that now. Doctrinally, as a church, we affirm that salvation from sin is a gift of God, that it is by grace alone, it is through faith alone, it is in Christ alone, it is revealed in Scripture alone, and it brings glory to God alone. 
We believe at the same time that God is sovereign over all things, and there's no aspect of reality that fails to come under his absolute control, and this includes salvation. We also believe that man is responsible for his sin, and in love, God comes to draw us into relationship with him by the Holy Spirit. The, the Bible uses language like, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but the Spirit of God has made us alive. Uh, the Bible uses language like, we have a heart that is given, uh, that is only committed to evil all the time, right? Genesis 6 is what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm fumbling with the quote here. Uh, but that we need a new heart, and God is the one that gives us that new heart. We have a heart of stone, and he reaches in and gives us a heart of flesh. This is the work of God in us. It's not a work of man. So we believe that salvation is primarily a work of God in the heart of man to bring us to himself. And he does this because Jesus made our salvation sure by dying on the cross in our place, and the Holy Spirit overcomes our rebellion by causing us to be born again to new life and faith in Jesus. And so that's just a summary of what we believe. And so distinctively, we affirm, we are Baptists, so we affirm that the proper mode of baptism is the baptism of disciples alone by immersion in water. That, that's where we tie ourselves back to this Southern Baptist heritage, or at least just Baptist heritage. Now, others within the Reformed tradition hold to a pedo baptism and, and while we embrace these brothers and sisters, we also confess that the Bible is the ultimate authority on, on, on the matter, and, and we are convinced by conscience that the, and the clear teaching of Scripture um, that, that baptism is for believers only and by immersion in water is a symbol of Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and our connection to that, our union with him. So I hope that's helpful in answering this question. We, we are uh, so thankful for the work that God has done in the Southern Baptist Convention. We, we pray that God would continue to use the convention for his purposes. Our uh, heritage as a church, our history as a church is so closely tied to the SBC. But in many ways, we have our own distinctives as a body, and those distinctives are tied to the history of the Reformation and the impulses that gave rise to it, and even the theology of the Reformation that is alive and strong and powerful and connected to what we believe the Scripture actually teaches. So again, I hope that answers your question. I hope that is helpful to you. Um, now feel free to follow up with more questions, more comments on our social media accounts or by email or through our website. And if you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, well, you can follow us online at cornerstonewiley.org, but you can also come and join us for worship on Sunday morning. If you go to cornerstonewiley.org, you can find all the information you need about when we meet, where we meet, um, and, and, and when our different times are. We would love to see you. We would love to shake your hand. We'd love to get to know you. We would love to interact with you a little bit. Um, you could also follow us on Twitter or Instagram at cbcwiley. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstonewiley. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play or whatever your favorite podcast catcher is. And in that way, you can stay up to date on all the new content. Thank you so much for listening.